0: How you doing? I'm Kevin Brittingham. It's the Q&A Podcast. I'm here with Adam and Jay. So we're going to talk about silencer reviews. So Al Paulson, Pew Science, maybe Pimp My New Book coming out. We're going to talk about why Phil Dater sucks for silencers and anyone who loves guns in the NFA. So we're going to talk about Surefire, Knights Armament, Ops Inc., things they've contributed, things they fucked up, along with Advanced Armament one Song being the greatest skater in the history of wooden boards with wheels.
1: I have so much Oreo in my teeth right now. Oreo? Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, I thought that was a bad call.
1: From experience. You put them out.
0: Well, motherfucker, I did not put them out. All right, that fine woman that lives here that wants to feed you idiots. Put them out. Um, speaking of that, she is going to be not so happy with me allowing you to pour Campari that you, I've never had before into the Polish shot glass. You put it there. It's the official. Yeah.
2: the Poland dot I've
1: never seen you drink before.
2: Yeah, it's not uh-huh. very frequent.
0: Hmm. You're turning sweet color of a Strawberry. <laughs> 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 you're turning the color. of. It, it's like the little girl in um, Charlie Char- Char- and Chocolate blue. Factory. Yep. Well, sort of. I mean, because she had like grape or whatever. Blueberries. You're, you're turning yeah. the color of Campari. Campari. All right, so I'm going to try this first time. Good luck.
1: I hope he's going back.
2: I finish it off. It's like sweet at first and then bitter. It's not bad, though. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we have a full fucking bar it, over there. Like it's like the last fuel.
0: thing I would touch. I you're going to get diabetes from that stuff. Wikipedia. Diabetes and, well, you're, you'll never cough, though.
2: That's why I don't have COVID.
1: Wikipedia says that it, it is bitters characterized Uh-oh. by its dark red color. It's certainly bitter
2: <laughs> It is certainly bitter Super descriptive I think you should give it a shot later on But Yeah
0: Bitter it's, Maybe just a taste Maybe like burnt it. pine straw after little <laughs> It's weird of
2: but I don't know It grew on me
0: So what's up guys
2: Nothing much What do we got What's, what's going, going
0: on I don't know Struggling
2: You've been struggling The last couple of days huh What well, do you mean I've been struggling The last well, you, couple of days you, posted, you, you know? know You posted two pictures That were posted uh, Within a week Of each other Yeah I'm old yeah, that's we got to hire
1: a social mediaer. Um, Speaking have some, of taking slams. <laughs> I haven't, how, slammed, how's I haven't your, slammed
2: lately. How's your dating life? <laughs> I haven't <laughs> slammed. I haven't <laughs> slammed a, ah, that's a bit of a slam. Um, no, I, don't, you know, I haven't taken too many slams. <laughs> Moving on. Yeah, I have some uh, off-topic. Not off-topic, but I've seen people email about it, and I've also seen people kind of... About say your games. dating life? No, this we've is... We've uh, moved on? Yeah, we've moved oh, on. Okay. Um, I don't know... If you have a say, like have an opinion on this. But I don't know what you're going to say. What is your favorite part from a skate film? Like, Do you have a favorite part? Oh. Mm. I do. Once I saw it, I was like, this is a good question.
1: Rodney Mullen just spinning in fast circles. Spinning and
2: spinning <laughs> and spinning. <laughs> <laughs> never stopping. All right. What's yours? Uh, mine is Brandon Beeble's part in Chomp on This. He's like 16. He's skating to Living It Up by Ja Rule. It's Living awesome. It, it like starts off with him on a on a jet ski, like spraying Mike Carroll with the jet ski. He's young and just wilding out. Mm.
0: Wilding out. It's cool. My favorite part, I don't know, but I did just see a Richie Jackson. I think he skates for who death skateboards or something. Yes, I just saw a part of his that blew my mind. Just
2: sliding all around and doing crazy it's stuff. So
0: crazy. Who was and it? he looks like a French pirate. Yeah, Richie Jackson. He's insane. Yeah, him he, and he,
2: William Spencer hang out a lot, and they're both they do the craziest stuff.
0: Well, and even uh, what's his name, Andy Anderson for Powell. Yep. Yeah, he does some sick stuff. Um, man, I don't know. I just like it all. Like I even love still watching Andy McDonald skate. Like my man Tony Hawk, fifty-two, just did a seven-twenty at fifty-two years old. Yeah. Um, Mason Silva is sick. I mean, there, there's like 10 skaters that I just can't believe every time I, I watch them. But, you know, my son watches all the new stuff. I don't know the skaters' right. names. I mean, they're all like, you know, 18 years old. But right. skating's just progressed so much that, like, all the parts now are sick.
2: But. Do you remember the first film that you watched? Like, was it Animal Chin? Or was probably it animal? animal Chin or yeah.
0: Public Domain. Yeah, probably Animal Chin. Um, I might have seen a Mark Gonzalez Part or maybe the Savannah slam i don't know—one of those. Something in that time frame was right. the first thing I saw, but it blew my mind too. I mean, the thing that stands out to me from my childhood the most with skating, as far as videos, was Animal Chin, and vert skating was the thing then. But seeing them on that that ramp, oh my God, with all of them skating, it was awesome. That's it's probably my favorite when I was a kid. Yeah, they redid it for like the 30-year anniversary and skated it a couple years ago. It's still pretty sick. That's I mean, they all just still shred, <laughs> yeah. every one of them. Um, and
2: they still go, like, Cab, still, like, he rides dirt bikes and stuff now and still gets hurt. Like, he's still going he for He broke
0: it. his leg, I think, twice yeah. the last couple of years. Yeah. So, yeah, so he's just actually rehabbing and skating hard again, but he's not back to where he was. But, yeah, I mean, Lance Mountain's probably better now than he was when he was 20. Um, you know, I mean, Tony Hawk's still great. Mike McGill. Still shreds. He might even be a granddad now. He and Tony Hawk both, and they still are incredible. That's so crazy. I don't know. So that's interesting to me.
2: Yeah. What's it's, your favorite video? My favorite video is Baker 3 because um, it's kind of like the first one that I – Andrew Reynolds is – Andrew Reynolds and Mark Gonzalez are my two favorite skaters. Um, different time periods, but
0: – You know, Mark Gonzalez, before Rye Airfield just closed, rip. Um, he would come. He was there because he – I think his – Either his wife or girlfriend and kid live in Boston. Oh, okay. And so he lives there a lot. And then I, I guess out in like su- Southern California somewhere, or maybe NorCal. I don't know. But anyway, he was here a lot. And like once a month would be at Rye that's skating. Cool. Yeah. yeah, that's he cool. He still gets after it. Yeah.
2: yeah. Yeah, Baker 3 was like probably the most prominent video that I watched growing up. Just because mostly like the hijinks going on and mm-hmm. stuff. Like just unbelievable but and the skating obviously is crazy too.
0: I mean, for me, you know, street skating really happened as I was like a teenager. So seeing, you know, Mark Gonzalez and Tommy Guerrero were the first that were real popular, but then seeing Natas as he was nuts. Like he was the first one that could really Ollie, um, you know, doing wall rides from Ollie's and just all kinds of stuff. Um, Know those are like memorable things, but street skating really just became a thing with like Muska and those guys in the nineties. Well, Andrew to have, Reynolds used
1: to have Muska shoes. The Muska. I like the zipper on the tongue of it.
0: Oh yeah, his fashion <laughs> sense is so bizarre, but it's been popular. Skating all Stash way. pockets. I mean that that nineties so stuff. Oh my god! Yeah, my son just showed me that. He just got some DCs, some some you know like new, like updated versions of those shoes that they're.
2: Oh, like the old, of the just Musca? giant?
0: Yeah. So, well, not just the Muska, but mm-hmm. just those big old DC shoes and stuff. Yeah. So so they're updating them and kids like my son right now. So he was into 80s skating a couple years ago, like time period when I was a kid. Now he's into 90s stuff. Mm-hmm. He's gotten into street skating a lot yeah, recently.
1: He's dressing like me and my friends dressed in the 90s.
0: Yeah, intentionally. Yeah. I mean, that's where he's getting it from is yeah. these skate videos. I mean, he actually um, got a VX or whatever. He's gotten two different ones now for filming. And uh, for maybe Christmas last year, or he's had them for about a year, I guess. Um, but they film on these cameras, which is so inefficient and it's so expensive. Yeah. The yeah. cameras sell for more than they did probably new now. Yep. And then they break all the time. And there's like, you know, the, the one witch doctor you send them to that can fix them. And it costs like $500 every time you send them in. Does Just he skate, like, does he
2: skate cr- little wheels? Like they did in sometimes?
0: Sometimes so he has the, there are these wheels called boardy cakes and maybe Thomas will post them up and they've got, um, all the way down to like 40 millimeter wheels. That's crazy. L- like, but that's super, super 90s, tiny. right? Like, super oh yeah, totally yeah. nice. He, he does it some, but then he gets aggravated cause he can skate transition really well, which right. most of the kids that skate a lot of street don't stri- skate transition and those wheels are slow and just horrible for skating transition so he'll do it for a while or set a board up but then goes back and forth but yeah he'll skate little wheels i mean it's kind of cool he skates everything
1: you hit the tiniest rock oh yeah, Your oh, yeah. over oh yeah. yeah yeah
0: that's true i don't like them i think it's stupid mm-hmm. yeah,
1: yeah. I, the, I can't. I get the big soft or orange ones on my board yeah. just for bombing around the neighborhood yeah
2: it makes it nice yeah it is cool seeing that kind of just the the repeating of style like a lot of kids dressing like the early 90s, huge pants. Like. Oh,
0: God. He and his friends just go thrifting, and he'll spend 50 bucks and have a garbage bag full of stuff. And, like, you know, he's probably a 28 waist, and he's six feet tall, you know. and My He'll buy 40, 40 pants. 42s. 40 yeah. <laughs> yeah, 42, you know, like bootleg and yeah, it's ridiculous. I can't stand it. But that's what that's what they're into.
2: I think it's cool. It's cool to see it come back. He's gonna come in
1: wearing Jenkos or Boss.
2: Yeah, he's uh, he. I think he probably has some probably. those Jinka or whatever. Yeah, they're they're, called. they're, they're still popping mm-hmm. Jinka. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: I think occasionally they'll find them in the thrift store. Oh, yeah, but if you find them online, I think they're like two hundred bucks. Yeah, they're not cheap. Yeah, yeah. yeah. skinny
1: expensive. jeans are going out. Thomas, not for Thomas. <laughs>
0: not 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 if you're the lead singer of an aspiring New England band. Speaking nope.
1: of speaking of bands and skate videos, Ooh. since you asked, my favorite, anthrax, my favorite skate video, bring the noise, CKY.
2: Oh, the original or CKY 2K? Because that was like the the one that popped. It kind of
1: all blends together.
2: That's a good. That's cool because that whole that whole time period when it kicked off the original Jackass and all mm. that stuff, Viva la Bam. Like that is yeah. my childhood. And like yeah. I grew up on, that. uh, and that's like the cool. Like I have the best memories about all that stuff.
0: My son has us watching that at night right now. My woman loves it too. It's, like the jackass stuff. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. so that's that's what he's into like currently. Me and my
2: friends have crashed many shopping carts yes. because of Jackass. Bam What in the world are you guys thinking? Bam did all he <laughs> like CKY two K hmm. he Bam like put all that together and distributed it all himself. I believe which it. I did not realize at the time but super and Oh Bam
0: got rich. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: He's gone off the rails again but that's too bad. Yeah, he's just... Such a talented guy. All those guy. guys had super substance issues, and yeah. for the most part, they all got clean. I know, it's amazing. Going
0: up I mean, you would have picked Steve-O to die, and
2: he's the only clean one I that's think, alive. I think all of them are clean now. Not Bam. Except for Bam, right. Well, I
0: don't know that Wee Man was ever... Or I don't think he Preston. was too bad.
1: I don't think Ryan Dunn's alive. No, he,
0: Ryan, he's no, he's, he's dead He's Yeah,
2: yeah he's mm-hmm. very yeah. dead. Yeah. So, I don't but know. It's cool to see a lot of these guys... Johnny that, Knoxville's probably doing good. Yeah. Right? I mean they they have a fourth one coming out, Jackass 4, but Bam is not in it just because he can't get clean. Yeah.
0: So sad. It is sad. I mean he's such a talented skater too, man. Yeah. Because you you think of that time period and then um Rob Deerdeck like the success that he's right. had. You know, and Bam was 100 times more popular and famous than him. Yeah. And probably
1: at least as a skater
0: twice as talented.
1: Right. Fearless too. I mean that guy would Jump some gaps at giant full speed. balls.
0: His drop ins, <laughs> holy yeah. crap, Tom! You should post some of those right now. I like saw some of his drop ins with like ten feet of vert and five feet of transition.
2: There was scary. this little like... I I don't remember what it was called. It was like a Tony Hawk like tip trick tips or something like that. And it was Bam was on it. Mike V was on it, and then Bam yeah. kind of came into it. And I thought he was so cool. Mm. And he told this story about, um, like doing an axle drop in. And I was like, that's because I had never dropped in before. I'm like, that's how I'll do it. And it did not go well. I hung up so bad, just landed straight to flat. And like, Mm. I "I can't do this anymore. But I Mm. thought he was so cool.
0: Got a question. Mike V. How do you say his last name?
2: Valile. I'm going to go with a Ooh.
0: (laughs) Well, God, now I don't remember. (laughs) I say Valile. But the way, I don't know. um, The the way, the way everyone says it is incorrect. Yeah, I'm sure. So how did everybody used to say it? Mike Valley? Mike Vallely. I think that's really, probably I the I think way, that's what people yeah. said. Yeah, is Vallely. Vallely is the I right say way. Vallely. Yeah.
2: Um, he's he,
0: gotten weird. I fucking hate California. California can suck it.
2: He's very he peaceful. He
0: was New Jersey, yeah, like totally guy. obnoxious. That video. Oh my God. Yeah, we should post guys. that video of him. He was
1: in CKY,
2: wasn't it? Yeah. I don't
0: yeah, know, but an, outside an, yeah, of like yeah. a hockey game or something, that no, was
2: a convenience store. He he's like skating and some dudes truck stop or something.
0: some dudes started making fun of him. He bit up like foreground man at one time. Whips on. his shirt off. Yeah. And oh, he's an animal. And, I guess And now he's, that video, but. Oh, of course. Yeah, he's gotten all green and soft man. and what a pussy. He played, such a shame.
2: I agree with what you're saying as far as like he's on the peace train now, but I think Street Plant's really cool and they do a lot of cool stuff. Yeah. And like he yeah. and his daughter. Him
0: doing it with his daughter, totally cool, but him getting so soft. Yeah. Such a shame. Yeah. I mean, he tough. He, dude, he was the freaking outlaw mm-hmm. because, you know, it was part of that like Dwayne Peters and all these guys that were super hardcore. They hated Tony Hawk because he was so like clean cut right. and skateboarding was like so you know, like renegade at the time and Mike V on Bones Brigade because she had you know Steve Caballero, right. Mike McGill, Tony Hawk, all these California kids, and you know Mike V being from East like a, yeah East New Jersey, a right. poor family, like just a New England redneck. Oh, he was so hardcore, and yeah, now now he's one
2: of them yeah. eating tofu.
1: He'll probably live longer,
0: <sighs> grow tits. Well, Nothing wrong with that, I guess. I like first. Were you were you into
2: the were you into like the original Z Boys and stuff like that or did you not after no, that's that that's older than me. Yeah.
0: No, Bones Brigade, I mean the original yeah. like Animal Chin, you know, Tony Hawk, Gator Hasoy, Yeah. Um, Steve Caballero has probably always been my favorite. That that was the time like I fell in love with skating.
2: Yeah. That's yeah. cool.
0: So funny, this morning I was texting my buddy Mike Hamill, who I grew up with, grew up down the street from me, and he and I started skating together. <laughs> um but i remember he he had, he was texting me because he had a Brandex weirdo which was uh kind of an off brand they only made a couple boards and that's what he had when we started skating and they announced a reissue and he paid for it three years ago and thought he'd never get it and the guys would get in touch with him like once a year and he just got a notification this morning that they're shipping wow, it. wow that's cool so he's pretty stoked so that's pretty cool but um
1: I was reading something. I didn't hear anything you just said. Okay, (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) What'd you read? What are we? What fuck are we talking about anyway? I was looking up Day One songs. I couldn't remember. Oh my Day One song. My favorite videos
0: and skater right now.
2: I
1: should
0: have said
2: him. Oh my god, you. I couldn't remember who
1: he skates for. So it's almost. Who cares? Almost. Oh, he does skate
2: for almost. Yeah, he's. I'm pretty sure he's like. He's my favorite guy to follow on Instagram. Yeah,
0: his Instagram is. I mean, he's an old guy that knows Instagram better than anyone. He's my favorite skater right now and I honestly believe Elon Musk and Daywan Song are aliens. He is an alien. Yeah. Like you watch that video and I don't how old is Dewan? Can you look it up? He's got to be in his 40s. He's, he doesn't age. He's, 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 he's got, got Tom I, Tom I think he's my age. Yeah. And the stuff he does on a, and he even stopped skating for like five or 10 years yeah. and he he's was into 45 like 45 so he was into tuner cars for like 10 yep. years and didn't touch a skateboard yeah and has come back and he's like street jesus on a skateboard like so no good. bushings
2: <sighs> in his trucks like
0: yeah well he says he right his back truck's tight none in the front he likes it loose yeah. in the front but
2: yeah there's the famous hard flip that he did and it's like he doesn't like it but it's like perfectly between his legs it's super i can't remember where it is obviously um, Obviously, yeah, of course. I, of course, I bring it up and don't know where it's at. But
0: all of his videos, he just looks like an artist. It, I mm-hmm. mean, it even seems separate from all skateboarding. Yeah, like even his
1: so. like skating in the house during lockdown and stuff, just being creative. Yeah, I mean, he,
0: he's one of the most creative people I've yeah. ever seen. Mm-hmm.
2: It's cool to see that too, like his style of creativity. And then you've got those guys like Richie Jackson who are like <sighs> grinding chains and stuff like that. He is so nuts. Yeah.
0: Yeah, but, you know, it's it's so weird because you see Richie Jackson and, like, he's got the little mustache and the yeah, outfit. He like the, yeah. And he looks like a, you know, like I said, like a French pirate. Day One Song is just, like, it's just who he is. Right. He's not, like, trying to be special. He's just – it is interesting with creativity. Like, some people want to express it, you know. They're going to tell you they're creative. And then Day One Song, I mean, I think – I bet you he only posts these instagram videos just to continue to get paid like mm. he doesn't probably give a shit if anyone sees it
2: well he posted recently some stuff and he apologized he's like this is all stuff you've seen before even though it wasn't super recently I can um, watch a hundred times oh yeah it's insane like doesn't even make
0: sense i have to watch his videos over and over because it I, I half the time i think it's like cg
1: or well
2: that's the thing i love all the stuff where it would be like it looks like he's grinding a shoebox. And then he, they pull the camera, out and it's, it is cool, like man. It, that stuff, and like all the old pictures of him when he had like frosted tips, leaning uh, against cars, and stuff from God. the nineties. I'm like, this dude's so cool.
0: <laughs> the nineties, it was such a terrible time. I don't know, eighties and the nineties.
2: I mean, I know you have the the electric. Oh yeah, the I got the Walgo.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I will say. um, so, uh, who, who was that company? They went out of business. They, they raised a shitload of money. They did electric skateboarding. Liam Pace, the skater we sponsor, was sponsored by them. And Andy McDonald, they're doing like commercials and shit. They ran out of funding, went out of business. One Wheel? No, Another it was, uh, I forget. But they were really nice. But you know, the horrible Chinese, they were creating an, their own brand out the back door, which was WALGO.
2: Oh.
0: And it is a copy. It, Boosted? Boosted. Oh. So right. it's a boosted board. So a boosted board was like 15, 1800 bucks, which I was willing to buy. Went out of business a day, I decide. So our buddy Talon Sai, he reviews a lot of electric skateboards and he's giving me the rundown. But Walgo is basically what bankrupt them because the Chinese start a factory next door to the the boosted factory and they steal all the technology and that's Walgo. and then they and people like, you know, my dumbass buy it. But I would have bought boosted. I only bought Walgo because Boosted was out of business. But it's $750. bucks. It is the most fun I've probably ever had on a skateboard because I'm not very talented. Um, but hand remote, the thing charges. It uses the little, I don't know, micro, whatever you call the charge. Anyway, simple. Charging it is easy. The thing is awesome. It goes 24 miles an hour with 205 pounds on it. It is horrifying but it is so fun is cool. I love it I, so li- you're- I have a one wheel and I have that and I my son likes the one wheel better um, and maybe I would too if I were younger but I like the long board the wow go better yeah. and $750 most fun I've had for $750 maybe ever
1: so it sounds like one guy who was their Boosted's first customer in California their first dealer bought all of their inventory after they went bankrupt and he owns a company called I just had it sorry uh, last mile sf
0: i haven't heard of them i mean mm-hmm. i got mine so i wasn't that worried about it but mm-hmm. maybe i'll get another one this year because yeah ivana she learned to ride it and to use it so yeah now i don't get to use it. maybe i should buy a new one maybe i'll try it but i mean the well go. i've been super happy with it 750 bucks man i mean it's a lot for like a skateboard but if you're in any of that or you live in a city right and you want to get around the thing is so fun Casey Neistat, who is a popular YouTuber, who's yep. kind of retired, moved to California. He was, you know, he was one of the first guys, became big, and made a bunch of money. Um, So he was sponsored by Boosted too, and he, I would watch all of his videos. They're super awesome, very positive. He was a neat guy, smart guy. Um, but he would ride it all around New York and got me real excited about it, you know, for Portsmouth. So you know, when I'm at the office in the summer or, or well, when it's it do not have to be summer, just not Two feet of right. snow on the ground. Um, I take it from the office into Portsmouth and ride around. And I'll even sometimes carry my skateboard while I go. I go yeah, I go have, have lunch at like Lexi's get the gourmet burger, go down to the water, and there's a couple of curbs there that I love to grind. I get on my regular skateboard, yep. skate around, go back to the office. It's pretty fun.
2: Yeah. So you're not a you're not just a, a pure a purist like you're cool with longboards and stuff like that.
0: Yeah, I, I think you know the whole idea of I don't know. Like, whether it's hunting or skateboarding, I just want people to enjoy it. Shooting, hunting, skateboarding, anything. So stop being fucking assholes. Like, just because you're a great street skater or whatever, you skate transition to shit on longboarding, you're just a dick.
1: How do you feel about scooters in the skate park?
2: (laughs) Here we go.
0: Scooters and bikes, they get on my fucking nerve. Here's the only thing I don't like about it. Is...
2: They wrecked the spot.
0: Well, yeah. But he- here's the thing. Most of the scooters, the kids are young. The moms bring them as a babysitter. So they're out there like texting their boyfriends or, you know, swapping recipes, whatever the fuck the moms are doing. And there is no etiquette. Like by the time you can skate, because you can scooter at six years old, you're not afraid of getting your ass whipped at six. When By the time you can really skate, let's say 10 or 12 years old, If an older guy says, you snake me again, I'm going to, like, beat your ass, you settle the fuck down. But the lines are different for Scooter and BMX. BMX goes all over the fucking park. You don't know what's going to happen. But Scooter, they do one thing, and they pause, and they stop in the middle of the park, which sucks. And the kids are so young, they don't understand the etiquette. Nobody's teaching them. But by the time you're skating and you're able to skate the parks or the pools like we skate, you're old enough to, like, understand getting your ass kicked and you don't have that with scooters. So I don't have a problem necessarily if they understand the etiquette. So I'm not trying to be a dick about, it. but I love longboards, which I don't understand why most skateboarders are like anti longboard. Like I just want to roll around. Like I just like that feeling. So I don't care if it's a longboard or it's a actual motorized scooter. I have a motorcycle and a scooter like I, and I actually have way more fun riding the scooter, honestly. Mm. Um, longboards, like anything. Anything with wheels. I just like to go.
2: Yeah. If you're out there pushing around, it's cool. So
1: yeah. You, the, you think the parents should be more involved in teaching their young kids etiquette on scooters?
0: Yeah, because I think parents are assholes. They feel, if you
2: have a young kid too, like you're going to bring your six-year-old well, and it's, they're going to get smashed.
0: Especially when I was younger, like, skating now is so popular it's in the olympics and i love that the downside is like we have a skate park here we at hampton outdoor park which i love and it's a diy park um but since rye airfield our indoor park closed down all those housewives bring their kids to hampton and they don't understand etiquette and so like i have you know like i love kids more than most people freaking love kids and I tell a kid to watch the fuck out like at least one time. every, And then I feel horrible about it. But it's like some little kid that doesn't understand just keeps cutting in front of you. And it's like, How, do you not have a dad? Like nobody smacked you on the fucking head? Like watch the fuck out. Like I'm going. You take turns. Like I, I wait for you. So that's the part that bothers me.
1: But Did they have skateboarding at the Olympics this year? There was no Olympics. There was no Olympics. They canceled it. But it was, but this yeah, was yeah, there the was going yeah, to be the, the first scheduled. year. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they didn't do it last year. Mm-mm.
0: So it's supposed to happen this year. I don't. I bet it didn't happen this no. year either. But yeah, they were postponed it to this year. But yeah, but this is the first year skating's in the Olympics or last year was supposed to be. So the first Olympics, um, which you know most purists too like yeah. hate it. But I want everyone to skate. Just like I want to be able to go to the skate park. Because for me, like weighing 200 pounds, like if I run into some six-year-old that weighs 40 pounds on a scooter, I'm going to like knock him unconscious and I got to deal with his mom, Karen, like, you know, bitching at me and, you know, and then plus, you know, you got a few bucks, you get sued. It's a pain in the ass. Mm-hmm. Before no, I, I got to build my own skate park. Skateboards only, BMX and scooters can suck it. Just go on the street. Or I want adult swim for skate parks. Why can't we have fucking adult swim? I want it at the gun range. And adult swim at the gun range. you know what that is?
1: Are there kids at the gun range? No.
2: Well, is it like Sort of. (laughs) Have silencers. Yes. (laughs) Oh, okay.
0: There are. But have silencers on your gun. I want the last 15 minutes of every hour, silencers only. Everybody without a silencer, set your fucking gun down. Take a seat. You know, sip you some seltzer or Campari. Let oh. the men with silencers shoot without ear protection. You ringing my not ringing my ears with your 12 gauge, with your AR pistol <laughs> with no silencer, <laughs> with your 1911, with like your you know your 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 gator uh, belt and all the shit you, with your spur, all all the weird shit. Just sit the fuck down. Let me do some shooting without a ear pro. Um, so yes, Adult Swim. I want Adult Swim at the skate park where the scooters and everybody under. Fifteen sits the fuck down. Fifteen minutes. Let me let me cruise around. That's what I want. And BMX, suck it, you sit down too. Go to the streets.
2: Um transitioning to what you're saying about the range. Not really transitioning, but I was curious we kinda talked about the apocalyptic type deal, but is there any time you get a new gun, which nowadays I don't know how often you get new guns. Um but if you if you are the average person you get a new gun and you're gonna use that gun whether it's for shooting just shooting or hunting or whatever, do you have like a go-to, this is how I set up every single gun that I buy? Like, do you have, like, we had Edgar Sherman on, so we talked about like, as a sling, one of the first things you put on, or do you have anything like that? We just, I know you recently got some lights from Cloud Defensive.
0: Papa's a rolling stone, man. I just do everything how I feel at the time. Uh, Yeah, Cloud Defensive. So, on my Honey Badger. It's bright. Sorry, Thomas, do some motherfucking editing. Um... Yeah, so I put on my Honey Badger. Love it. The Owl. It's big. This is the Owl? The optimized weapon So they sent the Owl and the Rain and the Rain Mini. Mm -hmm.
2: Yep. Micro, I think.
0: They are bright as shit. So bright. Like, I don't buy, like, Surefire used to send me lights, and I, I, I guess, like, my hookup or my, you know, like, cool guy tag expired, and I don't get the free lights as of a year or two ago. But I just use whatever they sent me. I didn't care. These are so bright. I like it. I like that you can move it from one side to the other. Super easy. Super cool. and cap. Clear anodized. Appreciate you. That's cool. Um, rechargeable battery actually like yeah, and they come with a charger too i know now that i'm like old and i have all this shit like i'm all anal about the chargers like in the house i got all the things charged up if aiden touches one i freaking spin them do back, they
2: come with him. a charger or did they it? they come a with the charger no, yeah, so yeah. you can buy it with just the light or you can yeah. buy the package and it comes okay. with the charger and so it's an the lights yeah. oh lights. that was a package Yep, the
0: one you got has a charger in it yep yep charger and the battery but um things i don't like about it it's too heavy they needed us to engineer this motherfucker to lightweight. It is so big. I don't even care that it's big well, if it's lightweight.
2: As far as people know, they're pretty indestructible. There's a lot of videos um, of those dudes okay. smashing over. Don't right.
0: say shit to me like that. I I w- hey, uh, uh, you just did. I'm telling you. It's
2: not my theory. Make, no, it's not.
0: You can make anything big and heavy and make it strong. You can also engineer things correctly like Q does. Hey, see, and They can be lightweight
1: and durable.
2: I was setting you Jay, up what
1: does an owl from Cloud Defensive cost? I bet it's so expensive. Uh, the package is because no. they made it cool to these young kids. I bet the package
2: be is uh, three. Is it three eighty nine or two eighty
1: nine? The- oh, you did your research.
2: Yes, yeah, sir. How it's, much is it? Three eighty nine. Three
0: eighty nine for the package. Well, it would have been five hundred if it were Surefire.
2: Oh, yeah, I oh, agree. Really? Well, yeah, and that that three eighty nine is with the charger with two batteries. Like I, I, I do not feel fucked by that.
1: It's one battery. Okay.
2: And one charger. Right. I, it only takes one battery anyway,
1: so which mm-hmm. is good. But
0: well, you, you, you're down while you're charging, I guess. What if somebody breaks in the middle of the day? Home invasion? What up?
1: If it's the middle if it's of day, a middle day. Of they day they light. Light. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so yeah, charge your shit during the day. Um, it's just too heavy. Otherwise, so far, I think it's awesome. I, I, I like how you can reverse it to either side very easily. I like the rechargeable battery. Yep. Um, I don't know. I don't, I mean, I don't care about aesthetics and even the size, it is big, but it is a lot of light. Like I was shocked at how bright, I mean, I got a big house in that front hallway. I don't know. What is that? Like 90 feet long and it lit it the fuck up. Um, yeah, it's a uh,
1: 1,250 lumens at five, 50,000 plus candela.
0: candela. Yeah. So, I mean, I bet it's like DB. I bet they all well, fucking cheat. So. I
2: talked to. Uh, Sean McCauley, who I believe is one of the owners of Cloud Defensive. And I don't want to misquote him, but he was talking about the, the rain. I'm going to misquote him for sure. So someone will fact check me on that. But I believe it's the rain under the right a- atmospheric conditions. It can throw light um, up to 500 yards using, like, you can still pick it up with the right glass under the right atmospheric conditions, which is insane.
0: I tell you, when I checked this in that front hallway in the house, it's so long my first thought was, is that too bright? Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, like, I don't know. But, um, my only criticism so far and give me shit or not. Um, I'm going to be honest about it. Um, the first thing I would do is put this thing on a diet. I mean, I don't even know those guys, but they were nice enough to reach out to us. So that's cool. But, um, I like it. And I like this one cause you have this, let me have that one. So, this one as well, which is a little more traditional thing, and you have this pressure pad. Is there a way? Do you know? You probably do because you, you're all into this shit. That you can not have the pressure pad and you just have the beep, beep,
2: beep button. Yeah, you just did it.
0: But but ca- I don't. Can I take that out? As
2: far as that, you might have to take the the, the back cap off. You may be able to unplug that. I uh, don't. I don't. I don't know. I haven't got my hands. Anyway, on Anyway, this
0: part is a pain in the ass. I do not like the way they set this up. I would like to do that better, but I love the clear anodize. This doesn't seem too heavy, and this thing, oh, my God, is it bright.
2: Yeah, that's the rain. That's the one that he was telling me. just Rain's to a good light. name.
1: So yeah. mod Light has the mod button, which is similar to this. Connects to the is, back of a Surefire. Is, is mod Light a different company? Not yeah. as bright. Oh. No, not as bright, but as far as a smaller button goes, like this is I think momentary well, and always on? Yeah, yeah I don't even
0: care ones. about the size of the that. button, but just the way you install it, it is I, agree, I don't and I love it. I think that's the the big thing
2: with the optimized weapon light, is This is
0: this is clean, it's just they're using too much aluminum. Right. Yeah, I I don't like the, I mean, I like the pressure pad. I don't even know if I care about the two buttons. It's just, it's difficult and it takes time to put on. And one thing this made me like about what we do, if you buy the fix, there's two tools. Every screw on your gun is a T25. And that was a pain in the ass. We had all custom screws made. You need three different tools for this. And that sucks. Cloud Defense, like us, needs to make custom screws with all, use the same tool for each Everything, every, every place there's a
1: screw head should be the same tool, a T-15 or even, whatever. It's not even different size. It's a Torx and Allen, which is annoying.
2: I think the... Yeah, that, well, Allen in general is the, annoying. The screw thing aside, I think the idea of that more traditional with the cable is that one of the problems with the Owl is guys that run um, a laser, and illuminator, like a Oh, pack they can't box, get to it. Yeah, you can't. Well, you, it's just... So they did that, and that way you can put it wherever. Do guys really run all that stuff super, on their guns? Super if popular If you do night now. vision and all that. You yeah. Know? yeah, super popular I'm now. Be, oh. yeah.
0: I'm probably the only one that shoots a lot of stuff, and I'm like, ah, I don't want all that. Like I set, Like if I go on a night hunt where I'm going to use an IR laser or I'm going to use something, I set the gun up with that. I don't leave one. I, I do leave a gun set up with my REAP IR, right. my thermal on it, but I don't leave all the other stuff on it. I set it up depending on what we're doing. Yep. Um, because I, I don't want to have a gun set up with like four pounds of shit on it. I, I do like the light. I yeah. got to tell you, I like it. I like this setup. I like that it's offset. I like it attached to the top rail, especially on the Honey Badger SD, which I prefer. Because, you know, can't really use these M-locks. I don't want to hear about it. We developed this gun before there was M-lock. Suck it. Um, But the light's good. Yeah. I, I don't know that I'd ever heard of them. Yeah, but there's a. Stuff's
2: cool. We've kind of plugged him recently, but Grand Thumb did. I think he is one of their, um, I say advisors, but I don't necessarily know if he's contracted by them or anything like Influencer. that. Influencer. Yeah, but I know they asked for feedback when they were testing yeah. testing that the owl, and he did a really good review on it. And he compared all the popular lights and he did them at distances, kind of like he did with that, um, on that MCX video where he went back increments yeah, of yeah, space. Yeah, yeah. And it was really cool. The, I love the his owl, videos. The owl yeah. really did perform, at least visually through the camera. The owl performed better than the other. Popular well, I think it lights. depends on what you're
0: doing. People do that, and you're talking about like home defense or an offensive situation. If you're talking about just for shooting someone that's a threat, you don't need to throw light at 500 yards.
2: That's dumb. I don't know. A thing that he, a point that he brought up that I thought was really cool is that if you look at those lights and you compare them to Mod Light or, or Asaka or whatever that light from the cloud defensive stuff is a lot warmer. And I don't know the whole science behind it, but I guess it's easier for your eyes, the human eye to pick up detail with a warmer light. Yeah, it's less contrast. So that kind of stuff. So I guess for guys that are, especially in a home defense situation where you're trying to positively, positive ID, whatever you're about to shoot. Well,
0: I think, and, and I don't know, they probably know more than me, but me being a reasonably smart guy. I
2: thought you were about to say redneck.
0: Both. Well, being a redneck, I shoot a lot of shit. My buddy Chad, redneck as fuck, got his transfers back last night. Went out all night with his uh, trash panda mm. on his honey badger. I love oh, Chad. He's the greatest. Chad's the fucking great. Anyway, so but what you get with rednecks go shoot shit, you get real life shooting shit. Reasonably smart so, rednecks. Yeah, but um, with warm light, the contrast isn't as harsh, so it's a little easier on the eyes. With the white light stuff stands out but if it's too bright it's it's harsh and it's it's hard on the eyes um but you know like this house is probably bigger than normal yeah and um i don't need a light that bright i mean the cool thing about it is i'm gonna blind the fuck out of whoever it is but like i could see someone easily identify a target what they have and shoot them with something half that bright right which with this gun i would love for something to be smaller I got so, you. I don't know. Maybe we should work with them on a cue light. Be a small, lightweight one. We'll design the body and all and attachment to be lightweight.
2: Yeah, I think they. I think they have cool products. And I think, are are you gonna? I know you're gonna keep it on that gun for a bit. Are you gonna? Are there any scenarios where you use white light when you go hunt, whether it's night hunts or anything like that? I think that's illegal up here yeah but no I don't know no about I mean with like, pigs
0: and all in some places it's yeah. not um, I usually use green light with the pigs right. um, I keep a white light with me sometimes if it's small enough and compact and light enough I'll have it on the gun just w- when you know we get up to something you know we need light rather than worrying about carrying it on me like I, I mean I'm usually super streamlined the guns only have what I need I don't carry a belt a rig with a bunch of shit on it I keep generally a spare mag in my pocket and that's where I love those vertex pants that they, oh, they got, yeah. this. they have some kind of mom jeans, but some of their pants too, they sent me are awesome. I think I'm wearing a pair now and they got a place for an AR mag and it's nice. Like, and it doesn't take up my pockets. I'm not sitting on it. Um, but sometimes the small white light, yeah, I'll use on a gun if we're night hunting, but not, not to light a target up, but after the fact to be able to light it up, where I'm not carrying a light on my pocket because generally I stick it on me somewhere and I've lost them before or whatever. If it's on the gun, I always have it.
2: I know a lot of people just ask about what light do you recommend for the honey badger, this or that or whatever. They ask
0: me all the time.
2: Yeah. yeah. And I, I think it is another scenario of what do you need it for? But I think,
0: well, we should probably partner with somebody and you know, we could, have one of the engineers assigned to them you know for some period of time and develop a light or two that would you know the body and everything that would make sense for us. but
1: well, yeah, we do sell on our website the Reptilia torch bodies, yeah, which are compatible with the surefire mod light, arasaka, all, all, all the all the surefire heads and tail caps basically. Um, So it's a good option. It's small, it's compact. Well, I I don't even know what that is. Why do do we do it? because
0: it it goes right to the M-Lock. It's an M-Lock direct body, so you don't have to have an intermediate mount. Yeah, I love that. So reducing weight and making it more streamlined. Mm.
2: But we talked about it earlier too with that torch, that reptilia torch, in comparison to that owl where you just pop the ends off and flop it around. Mm -hmm. The torch you need to decide, that torch mount you need to decide do you want a left side or right side. So it's not interchangeable. Like that, and it really.
1: Why does it matter? I mean, I think it's ease well, of manufacturing. Left if I right oh, hand shoot. I don't want to let no, on. No, well,
0: yeah, button, but you would order it that way. Your, like to button, me, right. yeah. I would order this to put the gun, the this light, this owl in particular. You pass it over. Yeah,
1: the button is on the top. So why does it matter, left the, or right handed?
0: Well, yeah, for me, it's just I put it on the right side because I sling it. And, and were, I'm right handed with a rifle. Yeah, you can, so you can reach up. To you it.
2: can get by with that yeah. if you were going to swap shoulders. But I think just more comfortably, and especially, I know it's not super easy to do right there with the, the hand stop, but like the way I have anything top mounted, whether it's a, a peck or a, a light, is I run the vertical grip basically right under where my thumb would be.
0: But I mean, would you switch this from right to left? No, but I'm saying
2: if a left handed, we have too many left handed, I'm uh, left handed and blah, yeah. blah, blah. Like,
0: so, so making two different ones as opposed to making one that's universal. Like, universal is cool for manufacturing. Yeah. But it generally is not great for the consumer because there is going to be some sort of compromise. Um, so that's
1: the argument for this here because you can mount it at 12 o'clock, left yep. or right, doesn't matter. But you can also get some distance between it and the flashlight. Right. Yeah. So you don't have to worry about which hand you're going to use it. Right.
2: And if you want to have an illuminator or whatever, Mm -hmm. that you can still put it there and the light's on the way, all that stuff.
0: Yep. Hey, I'm Kevin from Q. This episode of the Q&A Podcast got a motherfucking sponsor. Tactical distributors, you're on fire. They carry all kinds of cool shit, man. I got my fancy Tiger Stripe summer pants here that everybody loves. I skate in those. I go to the club in those, pulling honeys all day. If I actually wore... You know anything to go in my pool or hot tub it'd probably be these board shorts they're also tiger stripe things like these ultima boots the maritime boot that are awesome i don't even know what that means but these are summertime hunting boots thin sole like skate shoes they're lightweight they breathe they repel the water a cool thing about tactical distributors all right number one cool motherfuckers number two their return policy simple easy i never know because i got like the fat feet so this could be a 10 and a half could be an 11 i don't know older two sizes i pick one send it back it's no troubles get a little label send it back cost me no money tacticaldistributors.com promo code i don't know what you call it whatever code at the end all right unpossible 15 unpossible
2: 15 gets you 15 percent off
0: tacticaldistributors.com give them a look
2: so i mean engineering you just talked about as far as functionality and all that stuff um we've kind of touched on it before as far as looks and aesthetics do you what do you think is the ugliest gun ever made because cool. i know right
0: off the bat oh my god i don't even know if there is one there absolutely is. you want to give me a time period or anything no we
2: well yeah sure we'll go categorize. we'll go the from the 60s up or we'll say the 80s up it's so everybody so, has their own opinion but it looks good i agree but the thing that sparked it was in the shop. We have one of the new FN's. I forget which one. Five hundred nine C. That's right. And you think that gun's ugly? No, I think it's I think it's good looking gun. Yeah, but, it's good looking. But good. our silencer boy Jack said this is the ugliest gun I've ever seen, and mm. I said you're an idiot.
1: Well, first of
2: all, that's not nice. Sorry, Jack.
1: And second oh, of all, I thought he was talking about <laughs> saying the gun was ugly. <laughs> oh. Um, yeah, who cares what he thinks? Yeah. I mean, that's not a dig at him. Jack. It's just his opinion versus yours. Like Well, what do you think I don't know, it is I vp think, seventy? Oh uh, that's an ugly gun.
2: Ugly.
0: Yeah,
1: that's true, but that's in the seventies.
2: Yeah. Well, I, do I mean the Glock G- 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 is hideous. You just get, get G- used G- to it. Yeah. See, I like the look of the Glock. But maybe it's because I'm used too to it.
0: Now, but the first time I saw it, like the first few years I was into firearms, I would have never purchased a Glock because they were so ugly.
2: G thirty six is kind of ugly. I think that's ugly. The Maxim 9. The Maxim 9? It's cool, but I don't think it's, like, aesthetically pleasing. Looks like a taser.
1: Yeah, it does look like a taser.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's ugly. But I like the way it looks in the sense of, I know it's a silencer trying to make it fit a holster all the things if you
1: see the silhouette of it you know what it is
2: exactly iconic is a different thing too because I was going to say like the 1911 but the 1911 is just iconic it's not necessarily the most aesthetically cool gun but it's iconic I don't know who cares me aesthetics I'll run a gun that does well no I won't run it but I'll have a gun that looks cool and not run it just because it looks cool
0: run your mouth
2: it doesn't look cool back in the early days of suppressors it was super the big thing was sound decibels sound and we've seen over the years that companies don't any legit companies don't really push out that it's not it's not focused on sound so is there a transition to where people are they've realized more things are important or what's your take on it because you've been there kind of from the start not the start of silencers but the the boom of silencers
0: yeah i mean it's interesting to me looking at the market even dealing with silencer shop customers now Um, you know, I have 30 years experience. I'm 47. Not many people been around as long as I have involved heavily in silencers, like probably just me at this point. Um, up until 15 years ago, it was all about sound. Um, but there were only half a dozen companies and they were very small. The market was very small from 15 years ago. The market's probably 20 times bigger than it was. And sound was everything. And the guy who was kind of the, I don't know, like the mediator of all this stuff was Al Paulson. So Al Paulson wrote some books, uh, Silencer History and Performance Volumes 1 and Dose. So maybe Thomas put that up here. So you can find him on eBay or whatever. But uh, he, it was all about sound and all military standard testing, which is, you know, like 1.6 meters high, meter left of the muzzle, basic analog meter from, uh, and care. Um, and it was what it was, but in, in my opinion, it's pretty true to what you hear. At least, I mean, I've heard thousands of silencers, hundreds of thousands of shots from silencers. I got a pretty good ear for it. Um, but that's all front of the muzzle or muzzle testing. And I think now as I've gotten older, and I always reserve the right to change my mind. I'm opinionated. Um, I'm invested in this. I care about it. But what I think now is different than what I thought 15 years ago, and 15 years from now, hopefully it will be different now, uh, or then. But my ear to mill standard testing, if I'm away from the shooter, is pretty pretty spot on. But now I care about at the shooter's ear. So, the testing isn't really as relevant. But sound testing, um, the sound of a silencer used to be everything. And I just don't think it is now. But the thing is, the industry grew. It's lucrative. Um, So, it's a different industry. And... Everybody copies everybody. There's plenty of quiet stuff. So it's all the other features that really matter to me now. Because we used to have sound comparisons. And what happened is this is before really the internet. Um, AWC and Gemtech were the major companies. I was a distributor for both. I started designing stuff at Gemtech. But I still dealt in AWC stuff. Their stuff was very nice. Doug Olson, who's the engineer, did all the Knight's Armament stuff. And then he went to... uh, Surefire, maybe he's at Wilson Combat. I don't know where he is now. But he did all the original stuff for SEAL Team Six actually in the seventies and early eighties. Qualitech was the company. I post on my, my personal Instagram some of those silencers. And he based all of his stuff on Maxim designs, which are very good. He he was an alien as well with Elon Musk and Daywan Song.
2: And Caleb Cry.
0: Caleb Cry probably an alien. God, I love be so cool. Um, weird motherfucker. Anyway, so, you know, sound was really everything back then. Um, and Al did all this comparison testing, and guns and weapons for law enforcement and special weapons for military and police were printed publications that he wrote for, and he did silencer comparisons. As soon as advanced armament, started, so my company that I founded after I kind of had a falling out with Jim Tech. When we started beating them, which we did with our 22, our 22 integral with 9mm, we beat them in everything. And we should have. I hired one of their designers. Uh, he lived in Atlanta where I lived, even though they were in Idaho. And he and I started Advanced Armament together. As far as I started the company, he, he was designing a lot of stuff. And uh, we beat them in every comparison. So what Phil Dater, that piece of shit did, was he called uh, Stanley Harris, Harris Publications, who's now defunct probably because he gave in to shit like this, and told him that he Jimtech would no longer advertise if they published comparison articles with, with silencers, with Jimtech products. And that's only because we were beating them. He loved it when they were beating AWC. And that stopped comparison articles. And so then uh, the internet, you know, is coming on. So Silencer Talk, which originally I think was Silencer Review. So it was a guy named Robert Silvers, who was an MIT grad who I eventually hired and did a lot of stuff, including the, well, he did the Slant Baffle. I did the MonoCore. We gave him credit for everything because he wanted credit because he was independently wealthy and he's a little guy with an ego. Um, but he started a website testing silencers because he bought a bunch of SWR silencers back in the day, and they didn't perform as published, and he was really upset. And he started a website and testing just to show that they were not what they claimed. They weren't better than competitors. And Anyway, when, before he launched the uh, forum, the website, he contacted every manufacturer, and he had heard I was the biggest asshole, so he contacted me last, but everyone else said they wouldn't participate. He called me. I was like, I'm all in. Like, I want to compare my stuff against everyone else's because we'll kick their ass. And if we don't, then I'll work to design and build stuff that will be the best. And he did that testing for a long time. And then, you know, Phil Dater again and some of the other guys complained that he was biased. And he was, because what Phil Dater originally claimed, I, I was paying Al Paulson back in the day, which I was not. And Phil Dater's a liar. And then he claimed the same thing with Robert Silvers with silencer review, which turned to silencer talk. And it was not true. So then Robert just came to work for me, but it was because we earned everything on merit and sound was a big deal. But as we started getting into military contracts, then it was size, weight, durability, construction, blowback, all of these other features and sound. If there were 10 things on the priority list, sound would be number eight, nine, or 10. And we stopped caring about it as well as far as the main priority. Designing the quietest silencer in the world, Ethan and I have done it dozens of times. But making the best silencer is what we're after. And how do you define best? I don't know. Right. But um, I think we do a good job with it. And building the quietest, who cares? Like I've said a hundred times, if it costs $2,000 or it weighs two pounds, I don't give a shit. But now you see, sound isn't a real thing, and you see um, Jay Pew Science. Pew Science, yeah, a who, lot of
2: cool like metrics that he uses.
0: He's doing a lot, but it's too complicated.
2: I think for the, I agree for the layman. I think it is pretty complicated. I saw some, he did some comparisons with, um, I think it was just back pressure. Um, it might have been sound and back pressure, but I was just looking through the graph. And granted, all the information that you need is there, and if you can sift your way through it, you're going to find it. But at first glance, I saw I was like, "This is a lot." I'm gonna need. It. I, I'll look at it later. Like I can't look at it right now. I'm doing stuff, but yeah. But I think as a, I think he's a good example of an independent source. Um, he doesn't seem to be biased at all. I don't think he is, and he I, he's I, looking for important stuff.
0: I think he is completely honest. I think. He's brilliant, probably too smart for his own good. Too smart for the average person he's trying to connect with. But he seems really hung up on back pressure and a couple things that I think are not the most important things. Like if we want if the quietest silencer is what's sold, that's all we would do. Right. But it has to be everything, you know, like Dead Air had their chemo mount to fix the Silencer Co. shitty ASR mount. The dead air mount, like their mount and flash hide are way as much as our trash panda and cherry bomb. So who cares? It's right. irrelevant. And now you see them copying our mount. And they say, oh, well, no, it's because it's a left-hand thread. It's better. Well, guess what, jackass? If you're a real engineer and you understood, like, we have instructions. If you torque the things correctly, you don't need all those wrench flats. You don't need that extra weight. Because even the thing dead air did is twice the weight of what we're doing. I mean, it's like for them, but you know, it's like the B team. Um, yeah, but Jay, I think I love what he's doing. I want to support him, but I think he's sowing the weeds. I mean, I hate it, but I don't even really read the reviews because I think there's just, there's a lot of information that we don't necessarily, most of the population or people buying silencers don't need.
2: I wonder if there's a way for him to do, cause I, I, believe he does something with patreon as far as you can get more um i know he does like a podcast i think you can potentially pay to get pay to like a patreon thing to get more information or whatever i wonder if there's a way to do just the the down and dirty here's the four topics brackets of this can and then if you want all that extra information because he puts in the work and gets the information then you could go search for it too but i think just from what i've seen the initial report that he gives out, it's just like, there's so much, it's like option paralysis. There's so much on there. Okay.
0: So back pressure and sound at the shooter's ear. But what about durability? What about the weight? What about all these things? Um, you you know, I don't, I will take more back pressure and I will take, you know, less durability to save a thousand dollars and a pound on the end of my gun. So, I mean, I don't know what the right number is. It's something when I started American Silencer Association that I wanted to do was have a simple grade for a silencer based on things that actually matter. But the problem you run into, whether it's him or it's Ethan or guys with that sort of intellect, is getting them to, like, you know, really boil Dumb it, it down. down to stuff that's important for what sells. Have, have Do you read Jay's reviews?
1: Um, I skim through them. There's a lot of information um, he is way smarter than I am. So yeah. it shows in his writing. Um, and I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I think there's people for it. I think it's. He needs to have a uh, Pew Science for Dummies section yeah, of yeah. his website for me. So you agree. Yeah. I mean, I, I think I'm not trying to discourage him from continuing. I think he should continue doing what he's doing. It's important. He doesn't show any bias. Yeah, I mean he's good, awesome. he's good I mean, friends with us.
0: He he has a lot of integrity in my yeah. in my opinion.
1: Yeah. He's very good friends with us, and he's very high on the big CGS Hyperion seven six two. So that in itself tells me that he is. I was gonna say not I, biased or
2: the most recent report that I saw. I think it was sound at the shooter's ear and back pressure, whatever, and the trash panda was just somewhere in the mix. It, so and like mm-hmm. he's obviously been to the shop. He built a gun yeah. and. We have everyone, he's a cool guy. Everyone, yeah, we supported way.
1: him. We continue to support him.
2: And it shows, like you just said, that the fact that he didn't just put the trash band up top because, because of drama or yeah, whatever exactly. it is, he's I just, think that's cool.
0: Well, I think yeah. a lot of guys are afraid to do that too because we take so much heat for me running my mouth and calling people out. So you know, just like you see the grand thumb video where people, the first time ever. People offered to pay him to say bad things about the honey badger, right. and you know whether it's CGS and you know that little douchebag or you know Griffin or some of the other silencer companies that are fucking hacks. Like I don't, you, you know, I I never know because right. I think it's him trying to be friends with everyone too. But the, you know, that CGS can I've seen it; it's stupid. It's, a, it's, it, it's, it's the size of our the 50 caliber silencer that I did at advanced armament. It's it weighs two pounds. It's a just a thread mount silencer. Um, you know, the baffles super complicated. The silencer is very expensive. They couldn't produce it and make it um, a value to customers. so now they're going to 3d printed stuff. So like who fucking cares?
1: So Jay should continue, not you. Jay from Pew Science should continue to do what he's doing. I like that he's not biased. He's reporting the facts, and if we're not the best, he's gonna, in some way, show us. And you know, competition, I think, drives improvement in the marketplace.
0: Oh, well, here's what I'll say: is what's best
1: mean? Well, that's yeah. My favorite silencer, like I just posted online, it's the half Nelson. Yeah. It's not our quietest. It's not QD. It's very simple, but it's what I like. It works for me, and that's all I care about.
0: Yeah, so, I mean, I think the problem is if we don't have some standard to measure and we've got one guy deciding what's best or what's important, and I would believe guys like Jay and guys like Ethan, that varies from time to time and not having some particular standard as much as people didn't like the mill standard. Provide something like that, the shooter's ear, something Mm -hmm. easy to understand. But also, um, you know, we design our stuff to be lightweight, incredibly durable, provide proper sound performance. You know, the blowback, point of impact shift, accuracy—all the things are taken into consideration. And who's the one to value that? You know, so so then, who are you valuing it for? Are we looking for something that's like for the soldier? Because if that were actually what's really important, everyone would drive Humvees or oh, tanks. Man. You know, and we don't do that. So,
2: I think what he does coincides with what you just said, as far as like what is the best. And I think the options that he gives out, I don't, as far as what I've seen with the stuff or the reports that Jay puts out, um, I, I don't think he says this is the best silencer, this is the best. Silencer. I think it's just in the categories. Here's where they ranked in these, but I don't think he has like a cumulative.
1: Well, he has his sound silencer sound standard, and I'm looking at it right now. And the, there's five things he reviews when he's doing his analysis, and he uses a lot of real science. I mean, he's a no, he's, he's a sci- he's he, an actual he's scientist. legit smart guy. So, number one, peak magnitude of sound pressure at the muzzle and at the shooter's ear. Number two, duration of sound pressure at the muzzle and the shooter's ear. Number three, hearing damage potential to the shooter and to bystanders. The fourth one is silencer performance on a paired host weapon, so that one can change depending on what the host weapon is. Um, and then objective loudness, which is directly related to hearing damage potential. So he has his whole length so, for so his standard. Just, He's trying to create an industry standard for sound testing. Well,
0: yeah, just for sound. Exactly, that's so, just sound. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, sound and back pressure, I think. Right. Well, though, dura- I mean, duration. the only
0: reason you generally care is because of sound, unless it's mm-hmm. reliability of the weapon. But, you know, what about, so what if we do something that weighs five pounds and costs $7,000?
1: Well, sure. And that's like when Edgar was here and we were talking about how uh, the MCX, the LVAW, won based on a few things, including sound. It was the quietest submission because it was massive. So was that the best thing for the end user? Or was that just the thing they put on paper?
0: Yeah. So that's a tough one. Mm So then it comes in the other things, you know, like the mounting systems. Oh, my God. Like when we talk about, I don't know, where do we have, what do I have here? So a Gemtech tech silencer from back in the day. And this is pretty much, so uh, special op shop did this three lug spring loaded business for MP5 three lug barrels. Everyone's copied it ever since everyone, you brought up CGS, everyone copies it now. Spring loaded three lug business. Well spring loaded. So you got a moving piston, so you have all these tolerances so it moves on the barrel a little so how big's your bore need to be bigger yeah and you know you're not just putting it on hk barrels now i saw the griffin sisters make three lug adapters so you have an adapter going on a threaded barrel with a 90 degree shult then it's weight moving parts all these things i hate these they suck we shouldn't do this anymore Like, it's even worse now than it was 15 years ago. Most of the barrels were the German HK barrels that you would see. And, like, this is a silencer, an early AWC silencer done by Tim Bixler. So, it's on my MP5. And, uh, uh. so anyway, you loosen it, there's only two parts. There's no spring-loaded business. And, let's see, it'll come off eventually. Maybe not. Mm, there you go. But it's just a threaded collar. You Put it on the gun. You tighten it up, and it's rock solid. There's no movement.
1: And you're pulling it down onto the tapers of the lugs? Yeah,
0: you're, so you're pulling it on the tapers of the lugs, and it's just too moving. And, and now it's rock solid. Like all these spring-loaded ones, once you get it on the gun, the silencer wobbles. It's stupid.
2: It's a big old can.
0: And they carbon up. Yeah, that's a okay. can that was done in the eighties by Tim Bix or it's a coaxial can. But again, it's a ton of volume, you know. Right. And that was made to be disassemblable so you could clean it and all this stuff. Well then all that makes it heavy. But if you do a big volume silencer, do it correctly, the materials you could weld it together,
2: it'd be lightweight. You kind of touched on something before, um, and we've seen our neighbors in Old Portsmouth do it recently, but 3D printing is becoming a thing, and do you have anyone? Yeah. That, do you have any opinions on who does it right and who does it wrong so far?
0: No, I don't think anybody does it right. I will say this: 3D printing. So back, Surefire. So you cloners, the uh, their SoCom 556 can. So in that contract, we won the machine gun silencer um, at Advanced Armament attached to our 92 taper mount. Is a 3D printed core, a welded tube. Um, I don't think anyone does it correctly now. And you see, like, talking of CGS, um, they built quiet stuff, but it was huge and it was heavy and it was stupid and it was complex and it was weak. So now they scrap that whole line of silencers. Now they 3D print everything. Like, why would you 3D print a tube? Tubing is so consistent, so easy, it's so inexpensive. The tolerances are held super tight. And all you got to do is two robotic welds. Simple. Um, so these companies printing the whole tubes and everything, it's dumb. I, mean, I think 3D printing's the future. Um, but we've got a ways to go. Um, I, I, I don't think we're there yet.
2: The most recent 3D printed silencer I saw, I was not a fan of. Which one was that? That was the, the Mod. X Mod not the SIG one that just mm-hmm. came out. Um, similar to an erector, but just, I don't think it was executed properly. It's well, tough.
0: Yeah, I mean, in 3D printing, Daniel Defense is doing the silencers, and now, you know, CGS is doing it.
1: And I think it can be done right. I don't know that the technology is there to print. It's print. not
0: affordable if you're it's doing not it affordable, right.
1: Now. It's going to be heavy because I don't think you can print thin enough to save the weight. You have to get creative, like the Mod X, with where it looks like kind of a uh, Star Wars right, the exterior. Pattern. Yeah, um, so they had to do that to strengthen it a bit. Um, I think
0: the problem with a lot of the gun companies trying to do it is every engineer or designer that works at a gun company wants to do a gun; they don't want to do a silencer, and so it's all half-assed. Um, I don't. I don't. I, you probably shouldn't three D print the tube like three D printing the core like. This probably makes sense. You know, we ended up casting this for the, the government, but you 3D print something that's very complex, like that's probably still better casting or maybe even machining than 3D print. But putting in a tube and welding it, that's probably what makes sense. But, you know, I think most of the companies now, I mean, if you're doing super low volume like CGS or even Daniel Defense, 3D printing is probably okay. The volume we're doing or, you know, some of the other companies... I just don't think we're there yet for right. it to be affordable and to be able to produce enough.
2: But you foresee that in the future that maybe this is going to be the way. Eventually? Sure.
0: Additive manufacturing yeah. eventually is going to be the thing.
1: And that's the future for pretty much everything. Right. A lot of stuff. Yeah. All parts.
0: Yeah. I okay. mean, cutting metal is stupid.
1: Yeah. What in your history and in the industry and all that, what are some of the worst ideas that you or people in your team have had that never quite made it to fruition?
0: I don't know. I mean, anything we did that was bad seems like we just didn't do adequate testing or mm-hmm. we didn't have real engineers. Mm-hmm. Uh, rushing to market is generally bad. I can't think of a
1: Or what's some product. good ideas that never made it that you wish maybe made it? Or should we not say that? Well, I don't know.
0: You, you know, like when I was fired from Advanced Armament, we were doing this. Mm-hmm. But it was way better. That was a good idea. It never made it to market. Um, the black box, oh, which inspired... this silencer so there's some videos of the black box that are like 15 years old on youtube right now is that an aac thing yeah aac that was cool but you know a problem with this was aac took off the silencer market took off we were so back ordered and i didn't have actual engineers at the time so it was a difficult project for me to work through and, and we just shelved it and you see them. I don't know. Do they still make the scan? The Osprey? I don't know. I don't know, but it, you know, it's not that popular.
2: I remember it being, there was like a little surge of it at first because all that mass is below and people, like, you can still use your sights and all that stuff, but yeah, you couldn't though. You still had to have some taller sights actually. And I don't know how they ever, I've never heard one shot in person. So I don't know how it's well fine. Worked, a lot
0: of first round pop. They messed some stuff up. Um,
1: you know, that was something. Um It's on their website. Nine forty five and forty five K. Short forty five, I guess you use it mm-hmm. wet.
2: Yeah.
0: So I don't know. I mean there's I don't probably nine out of ten ideas we have are bad. And hopefully we figure it out before it comes to market. Um, I think we're way better at it than fifteen years ago.
2: Do you have any? Like off the top of your head as far as bad ideas or like I have plenty of bad ideas that I have every single day, but I don't know if they necessarily pertain to this. Well, we're not
0: talking about fashion. <laughs>
1: we did a bullpup at Sig. That was it was I don't know. That was a dumb for idea. one customer was a, it was a dumb idea. I'm glad it never made it to market. The thing was not awesome.
2: Yeah. But all bullpups are kind of a bad idea.
1: Yeah. Carbon fiber shell with Kevlar just in case it blew up next to your face. <laughs> I don't know.
2: I, there are things that I heard about over the time that I I get like I think on some of the original SSGs, the bolt was shooting out the back of them. Um, I don't really know why,
0: but... No, that was Blausers, I oh, think, okay. for the most part. Wasn't it
1: Blouser talking about? I did not hear that.
2: I, I remember reading an article, an what? old article about them sending it, like people would send them back in and they wouldn't, they'd fix it and not test fire it because they didn't want to have it again. So it's straight pull. that we're talking about? I I thought it was the SSG, but I guess oh. I could be wrong. Hmm.
0: Now, I think the SSG's legit. I think that yeah. was the blast. I know it ended
2: up being a good, the SSG ended up being a good I would have a that concern gun. with the straight pull stuff, just because, you know, yeah. my perception.
0: Here's an idea that I think was a good idea that wasn't successful. So maybe it was a bad idea. The Prodigy Silencer, overall, it's a monocore, not too different from this one. Tapered tube inside, so like once you break it loose, separate it, the core comes out easily, which I thought was kind of cool. But I copied this mount. It is a thread quick detach mount that I copied from Maxim. And the idea, Jesus Christ, where are my glasses? So I got it from Maxim. Here we go, now I can see. So I have a couple dots, dot on here, dot on the silencer somewhere right there. Hmm. You put them together and then it should rotate. Yeah. So nine degrees. Fast attached silencer. Also thread mount. So this is half Interrupted thread? Interrupted thread. Yeah. So been done many times before. And actually, like on this uh maxim silencer. So here's a mount you'd put on the gun, same thing. Boop. You know, same thing. And now I see like uh, the Griffin sisters, they have their um, cam lock or something that they invented. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing. like Maxim did it 111 years ago. AAC did it 11 years ago, and now you see it and it's like people didn't take to it like nobody cared. I thought it was super cool because yeah, it is cool. You could okay. still thread this onto your half 28 barrel or if you have that adapter, it's fast attached. I think it's like cool. the Maxim? So that was kind of a cool one.
2: Let me call up AAC and see if I can get one. <laughs> yeah, um, may,
0: maybe not a good idea selling it to those guys.
2: While you're on silencers, can you, for the people in the back, can you explain boosters for pistol silencers?
0: Yeah, so a booster or a Nielsen device or recoil regulator is a spring-loaded device, so it's a piston that your sil- your pistol barrel threads into that spring loaded that when your gun cycles a browning type action the tilting action where the barrel will dip slightly it basically the spring allows the barrel to move independently of the mass of the silencer momentarily so that the gun can cycle so the most copied one that i know of so awc had one knight's armament had one and then i did one at aac for our evolution silencer and what i did that was special there the first time ever was i had the uh, booster housing that it's that the spring and piston rode in i made it coaxial so i poured it and i created area around it volume that the gases could expand to and what that did was a couple things uh, it reduced the back pressure, and it also um, eliminated first-round pop and sound reduction by several dB. Um, and it's what everyone everyone out there uses now in copies. So basically, it comes out like this, and this is a booster. So, eh. oh, this one has a fixed-weapon spacer in it, but normally a spring would be over this. But it goes in the booster housing, which is vented and Coaxial and this would lock into here, and you thread this into the silencer. So it's kind of a triaxial design. It's what everyone uses now. Um, but it's important for the gun to cycle. Um, and if you want to put it on a fixed barrel gun or like a, this silencer in particular, if you want to put on like an MP5, then you put that spacer in there so the silencer didn't move while you were firing. Um, Pretty simple. Yeah. So with the Erector nine, we're going to do it and it'll be a separate module that goes in the back, just like the three lug. Like when I showed earlier, we're going to have a non spring loaded three lug adapter. It's light. It's simple, fewer parts. It doesn't move. You'll get better accuracy, less point of impact shift. It's, it's just an all around better way of doing it. Um, but we'll also have a booster for, for pistols. So like a Glock or whatever, that's what you'll use. Um, it's critical. You know, what we used to have to do back in the day was try to make silencers under 6 ounces so that they would cycle. So they would be so small and lightweight, you would have to fill them with grease every 10 rounds in order to shoot them, and it would be reasonably quiet with 9mm subsonic.
1: Like the Erector 9? I bet you you don't need a fixed spacer if you take off a couple of baffles.
0: Well, I mean, the fixed spacer... Is just it's, it's eight ounces fully assembled. Well, it's, no, well, that's the fixed spacer, so that if you put it on a fixed barrel gun like an SMG, the silencer isn't going back and forth.
2: Oh, but what you're saying is you think it's light enough that oh, you won't need a booster. a booster. Oh, sorry, that's what I meant to say, yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yep. So, I mean, we'll see. I mean, there will be some number of baffles where it won't be necessary for a booster mm-hmm. for it to be reliable. That, yeah. That's true. So if you want to shoot it with water or with grease or Vaseline or some artificial medium. Yeah. It'll uh it's going to be quiet and it'll cycle. I don't know. But the booster for ultimate reliability. Mm-hmm. And again for those in the cheap seats, you want to test it, shoot your pistol down the ground. Like point the gun down and shoot it. That's how I generally gauge if something's relatively reliable, like the the redneck test. Yep. Very important. Point it at the ground. Try it. Um So that's it. So for the Erector 9, we should have different threaded pistons. We Mm -hmm. should have the 3-log, the fixed rear end cap. That's a good thing about engraving the blast baffle rather than the rear mount. We can change out all that stuff.
2: Yeah, people ask about that a lot as well as, hey, when the Erector 9 comes out, can I put it on a PCC or can I put it on my fixed barrel, whatever? Um, Because I know right now that the first few shipped with – the booster, right?
1: Yeah, they're all with a half-28 uh, piston and booster, and then shortly we'll have the uh, metric piston uh, fixed mount 3-lug. guess we That's need a fixed
0: weapon spacer, which is just a spacer you replace a spring with. Um, well, we'll have
1: the fixed mount, and then it'll make your silencer even lighter.
0: Knight's Armament during the Mark 23 program, which is the big HK pistol, what it ended up being, but originally they were working with Colt. But they did a booster, spring-loaded booster system, um, that I essentially modeled hours after an advanced arm, but then did the coaxial area and the other stuff, timing it, making it easier to time because they had castle cuts in the top of their silencer. I mean, it was pretty complicated. So I simplified it some and made it easier. And it's kind of what everyone uses today. Um, and, you know, there's little adjustments in that where you can make it quieter you know, we used, like, uh, flash hider-style cuts, like phantom flash hider cuts in the piston, and it gave us some flash and sound reduction. Um, you know, there's some little tricks. I mean, a, a small, compact, lightweight handgun silencer for 9 mil it's a trick. It's not easy.
1: I was on Silencer Shop's website just now. I was looking around, and then I thought, for 5.56, five, would you choose the NT4... Or, like the Surefire SOCOM, or what's your favorite 5.56 silencer? m that Which is a hard question because suppressed 5.56 is still very loud, but most people have a 5.56 rifle instead of a 300 blackout. So, if you were to choose a 5.56.
0: Not necessarily. I mean, the the best silencer uh, it, is the AAC SR5
1: that you can purchase.
0: I don't know if you four two thousand, I mean, probably the Knights can whatever their current one is. The Can't NT4 now the NT4 gets a bad rap from all you young cloners that were born cool. in ninety
2: four. I wasn't even born in ninety four. I was born in ninety five. All right, so in ninety
0: four, like the poi and accuracy requirement at a hundred was like three or four inches. So Knights built the silencer to that requirement, and that thing's a tank. There's probably been more of those made than any other silencer in the history of the world, and it uses a well it uses a baffle kind of like this, called a crimp cone. And they originally made them from tubing; they would crimp it and then cut it and weld it up. They cast them now. Um, the Knight silencer, I think, is awesome sound-wise. It's as good as anything. The mount sucks in the sense, just like Surefire. Like don't let them blow smoke up your ass. Knights and Surefire both in their manual. If the silencer is stuck on the mount, you disengage the latch
2: and shoot it off.
0: And you fire around and you go pick it up downrange. Fuck that. And that's where thats one one place the SR5 that we designed for that SOCOM contract was superior. Um, I don't—I don't know five-five-six silencer. I had to use what the fuck ever I've
2: got. I think the NT4 looks really cool, and I think it's an iconic look i think the surefire is also cool looking but it is loud and it's heavy
0: it's loud and it's weak the surefire silencer compared to the night silencer is much weaker um they do spot welds they don't do circumferential welding so the silencers break very easily compared to the night silencer Um, but the night silencer is loose on the gun and it rattles and so your accuracy and your point of impact shift isn't
2: great is the nt4 snap on
0: It's not a; it's a gate, but it's a manual, and then you have a rotating latch that holds it down. So it's complicated. It's heavy; it weighs like twenty four ounces or something. It's like it's a heavy silencer, but you can put it on a Mark Forty Six or a Two Forty Nine, shoot full auto, and you ain't gonna do that with a Surefire. Socom can
2: full auto rated. I call the people
0: asking. Yeah, God, that there is no full auto rating. <laughs> yeah. Knock it off. Don't say full auto
1: rating. Do
2: you have full auto at home?
1: Do you, Kevin? Yes. <laughs>